Hi. Today we'll be reading some pro revenge. Please enjoy. No show to a corporate meeting? We'll see about that. Story by Rusty Sachs. The cast, note that none of these names are real, they're all pseudonyms to meet guidelines. Brooke, my sister Angie, accounting girl Mark, milquetoast boss Victor, vice president of operations. This story is about my sister's first job after graduating from college with a bachelor's degree in business management back in the middle 70s. She was hired by that recording tape company whose advertising tagline was Is it real, or is it? Anyway, her job was the travel coordinator for both the sales and tech support teams out in the field to come to the corporate offices periodically for various types of meetings or training, depending on the field employee's specialty. Brooks' responsibilities included booking airline flights, hotels, rental cars, approving per diems, and other travel-related upfront arrangements. It didn't take her long to figure out that there were a lot of no-shows, particularly from the sales staff, who always seemed to have some valid excuse not to make it to the meeting, and often with last-minute cancellations, you know, the I've just booked this golf game with my most important client this week, so can you reschedule me? Type of reasons. Seeing how these cancellations were costing the company big bucks, Brooke hatched a plan that created class rosters for each class, and would, just like a teacher, make notes as to who showed up and who didn't. After the class was over, she would calculate how much those who didn't show up had cost the company in terms of cancellation fees, missed flights, etc., and present them to Mark. His reaction, typical of a middle manager protecting his little fiefdom, would take her report, tell her a look into it, throw it into his inbox, and then promptly forget about it. My sister has a tremendous amount of patience unless you're being stupid, which, in this case, Mark was, as far as she was concerned. Fast forward a couple of months, the reports are still stacked on top of each other in Mark's in the box, and Brooke's getting really frustrated because these field guys are abusing the time and effort she's putting in while attempting to get them in for their required classes. So one day, Brooke's having lunch in the company cafeteria along with a gal from corporate accounting. They get to talking, and Angie mentions that she's noticed the travel department's expenses are really high, percentage-wise, compared to others, and asks if Brooke has any idea why. Well, that was all it took. My sister unloaded her frustration with all the cancellations with no repercussions thus sending the travel department's budget off the charts, not to mention the fact she wasn't getting any support from Mark towards reducing the numbers. Brooke tells Angie she's got an idea to put an end to the waste, but she wants to get approval from somebody higher up the food chain in order to implement her idea because she doubts Mark's ability to comprehend, let alone implement. Angie tells Brooke that she thinks she knows exactly whom Brooke needs to talk to. And within a couple of days Brooke and Angie are sitting in a plush corner office talking to the vice president of operations, Victor, explaining the situation. It only took Victor a couple of minutes to make a decision after Brooke described what was going on, plus her idea on how to correct it, and he told Angie that Brooke's idea was brilliant and that the policy change would become effective on the first of the month, 10 days later, which he followed up with a memorandum sent to all employees shortly after their meeting was over. Paydays were the 5th and the 20th. Those in the field who had expense accounts had to complete and turn them into accounting by the 5th to be processed and paid along with regular wages, bonuses, and commissions on the 20th. Brooks' policy change idea, with Victor's blessing, was to charge back against the offender's expense account the costs associated with getting him to his corporate meeting when he didn't show up, airline fares, hotel rooms, rental cars, etc. Sis told me that the first month the policy went into effect, the howls of protest could be heard all over Silicon Valley as several ended up with minuscule paychecks after the chargebacks. But the policy had exactly the results Brooke wanted. Within three months, everyone showed up to their meetings on time as scheduled and virtually without any more no-shows. Epilogue, 
Some adjustments were made to the policy during CIS's tenure, one of them being that if you knew in advance that you couldn't make a scheduled meeting, as long as it was a minimum of two weeks' notice, she could then reschedule without penalties. Other situations, such as medical emergencies, were judged on a case-by-case basis, but required documentation to prevent the charge back. Sis only worked at this company for about 18 months before a headhunter stole her away to be the plant manager's administrative assistant when the microchip manufacturer that's in practically everybody's personal computer decided to build a new facility outside of Silicon Valley. She told her new boss she wasn't moving unless he could find her husband a job within the company, and he did, so they did, and they've been in that area ever since. My sister has had a great career, and I'm very proud of her. Edit to add clarification, for my sister's input. Meetings-slash-trainings were held bimonthly. But with sales and tech support staff spread over three continents, it would often take a year before the same employee would be required to come to a meeting-slash-training at corporate headquarters. Employees were initially notified of their upcoming meeting six weeks in advance, with a second notice going out at four weeks, a third notice going out at two weeks, and a fourth notice going out one week in advance. Brooke did not tolerate the excuse I didn't know about the meeting from the slackers. She still doesn't tolerate that type of excuse to this day, even from her grown children. She has a reputation for being scrupulously honest and fair, but also believes in the consequences of play stupid games, win stupid prizes when it comes to shenanigans. She was given a travel budget to work with, and, because her and I both are offspring of certified public accountants, we learned very early in life to pay close attention to expenses. This background helped her spot the escalating travel costs due to cancellations, no refund policies, etc. due to the no-shows, thus leading to her motivation to bring her department's budget back in line. She's always been very conservative about money management, which has led to her and her husband being able to enjoy retirement without financial worries. Brooke did not teach any of the meeting-slash-training seminars. Her duties at these events consisted of making sure the facilities were set up appropriately for the type of class, checking participants in, and other, similar tasks. Actual seminars were taught by the corporate training staff. As noted in the original story, sales staff were the worst offenders when it came to no-shows. Tech support people were rarely missing in action, per Brooke. The golf reference was simply an example of the type of excuses used for not attending that she would receive. It should be noted again that the chargebacks for not showing up when scheduled were not deducted from the employee's basic wages and commissions, they were simply charged back to the employee's submitted expense reports. By not showing up, the employee was stealing from the company the costs of getting that employee to corporate headquarters. This policy change put an end to that quickly. Also, as noted in the introduction, I don't really know if this belongs in this Reddit sub. If it belongs elsewhere in another work-related sub, I would be grateful for suggestions. I'm not the vice principal anymore? Okay. Story by disgruntled underscore veteran. Okay, so this happened at the end of this school year. I posted what was going on in the r slash teacher group and several of the people there told me to post what happened here. This story is in four parts and I apologize for the length. I also apologize for any teacher slang I use as it is like second nature to use it just like military cargo was when I was in the military. Basically, I was told that all the assistant slash vice principals in the district, other than at the high school, were being let go and a teacher on assignment, TOA, was going to take our jobs. I was not heartbroken over this, but was treated badly by the new admin team that took my job and my principal's job. Also, I tried to help my staff on my way out and it seems my bosses cared more about their images than my staff's happiness. So here is the story. Part 1. So none of the other admins in my district had received our contracts for the coming school year yet. I was wondering what was going on, 
but I heard rumors about a pay scale shift and that was the reason for it. I found out Wednesday what is actually happening. Every assistant principal and vice principal in the district, why we have two different titles, I have no idea, is not getting renewed contracts, except the ones at the HS, their positions are being eliminated, and their jobs are being replaced with a new position that pays a teacher's salary plus a $2,000 stipend. They are replacing the APs with learning coordinators. Apparently, the budget is the given reason, but I also heard rumors from someone at the district office. Each of us APS slash VPs were scheduled to meet with one of the asked. Supers Wednesday. We thought it was about our contracts and we were correct. When I arrived, the acting superintendent was there with the head of HR. I was told about the elimination of my position, but not the reasons why. I was then given an option for the coming school year. I could go back into the classroom, I could work in the district office, or I could apply an interview for the new positions that are replacing my job. WTF. I wouldn't care one lick if I was told that my position had been cut completely and I needed to go back into the classroom. I love the classroom. I miss teaching full-time. However, to tell me to apply an interview for a job I already have is bullshit. We were told to give the district our answers by Friday and they would draw up contracts or schedule interviews. Wednesday afternoon, I went to see Tony who is an asked superintendent and one of the few decent leaders in the school district. I heard from Tony that there was an internal shakeup, but he wasn't allowed to talk about it or even give me a hint about what happened. However, one of the asked supers were being reassigned, aka demoted, to being the principal of my current school, my principal was not coming back due to health reasons, the superintendent was released from his contract, and my school's new learning coordinator position had already been filled. Who filled it? A school counselor from one of the high schools who just happens to be a friend and lackey of the asked. Sup. That is now the new principal. So, early this morning I gave them my answer. I decided that I didn't need until Friday to decide. I tried to make sure I sounded professional, but I made sure that my message was getting across by speaking with authority. I went into the acting superintendent's office and told him that I thought that laying off a bunch of people so they could hire others to do the same job but at less pay was bullshit. I told him that the way the school district handled certain situations was idiotic. I then gave several examples. I next told him that he was going to ruin a perfectly good school with an amazing team of educators by putting a lazy, mean, parent-pleasing person in as its new principal and letting her put a lackey in as her second-in-command. I said that she was as useless as a screen door on a submarine and as mean as Dolores Umbridge. I finished the three-minute speech by stating that I will work my ass off and finish the school year strong. I will prep things for the next school year so that the teachers have an easier time. I also let him know I would never work at or recommend the district to anyone ever again. Then I left letting him know that I expect an amazing letter of recommendation by the end of the school day Friday afternoon since I earned it for my service the past few years. So what am I going to do now? Well, I called up an old friend Wednesday who is currently a principal at a STEAM charter school that's part of a chain of charter STEAM schools and asked if he had a teaching position available. He's been asking me every year for the past five years to come work for him. He told me he had three openings and I could have my pick of them. So next year, I will be a drumroll please. Sixth grade teacher. And I am very happy about it. I even get to design my curriculum as long as it meets state standards. I could apply elsewhere for admin positions, but I think I need a break from school leadership. I need to love my work again as I used to as a teacher. Yes, there were slash or many challenges and sometimes I hated going to work, but I do love being a teacher. I feel bad for my current staff because the regime change will hit them hard, but there is nothing I can do about it. I wish I could help them. The most I could do would be to take a teaching position at my current school, 
but then I would be miserable with them and be helpless to do anything to aid them. So, for myself and my daughter, whom I love more than anything, I am making the move to a new school and going back to what I enjoy doing. Teaching. I am even bringing my daughter to my new school to start next year as a fifth grader. I asked her if she wanted to stay at her current school or go to the STEAM school with me and she wants to go with me. She was excited since she has visited there several times and loves the technology room, the robotics class, and the science labs. Plus she is friends with some of the kids there already. As a goodbye to myself staff, I'm going out this weekend and I'm going to buy some nice letter paper and scratcher tickets. I am going to write short, individualized goodbye to each of my staff members, and at the end, I will include the following words. I'm giving you some scratcher tickets. My hope is that you are as lucky scratching them as I have been lucky to have worked with you. So that's it. I have to finish my contract, but at the end of June, I am free. I am looking forward to teaching full-time again and having a boss who will let me just do my job and not interfere. I don't think I want to work in administration again, but maybe after a few years, I will decide to work as an AP again. Note, sorry for any spelling slash grammar slash punctuation errors. I am writing this while making my morning rounds. Part 2. So I put together goodbye gifts for all my staff and I'll be handing them out Friday, their last day with kids. They have a bunch of goodies that I posted about weeks ago. I was thinking this weekend about how to give the finger one more time to the district office and help my teachers out. Even in a small way. So I came up with it Sunday night. My district requires each teacher to attend additional training throughout the year. These are outside of the regular staff development training. They are run by district staff, SPED teachers, and admin. The training normally lasts one to three hours and the teacher gets a certificate for the time spent in the training. Each teacher is required to attend 24 hours of these before the end of the school year. Most teachers take them over the summer if they are offered, so they don't have to take them during the school year. So yesterday morning, before work, I was making copies of the certificates for all the courses I have run here for the past few years. Classroom management strategies, lockdown procedures, social study strategies, math strategies, reading comprehension, and environmental print. I am going to fill them out with each of the teacher's names and the number of hours. I am adding all the times I ever spoke to the staff about these topics and putting down hours to correspond, rounding up to the nearest hour, ish. Wouldn't you know, each of those topics was 3 to 5 hours in length. Each staff member will have exactly 24 hours worth of training. I filled out the dates of the training for the 2022-2023 school year. Oh, and I have an attendance sheet with all of their names and have them marked as being present. Note, I checked with the district and since I am still an administrator into the summer, I am allowed to run these training over the summer before I leave. Now, they can have their summer to themselves and not worry about taking classes during the school year. They can if they wish, but 99% of teachers here hate mandatory training hours. I hope the staff like the present. Part 3. Since Friday, I am no longer a school administrator. I technically have another week to work, but I took a vacation during that time because. Well, screw them. Now, I spent the last week packing up, giving aid and comfort to my, now former, staff, and causing problems for the new administrators who are assholes. Now, besides giving the entire staff a year free from additional PDs, I wasn't planning on causing any more problems. Just quietly leave and drive off into the sunset. Shane style. But no. Apparently I don't deserve a quiet week. The new principal, demoted from AST. Super, and her new teacher on assignment, TOA, decided, for some reason, to be rude to me. There was only one response to that. I aim to misbehave. 
How were they rude to me you ask? First off, they ordered me to hurry and clean out my office. Apparently, the Toa wanted to start redecorating my office. I was literally told, get all your personal stuff out of here ASAP. She wants her office now. I still had a week to work there and actual work to do. Second, the new principal tried to steal my personal chair and my personal office supplies and decorations. That chair was a gift to me from a friend. I found her just wheeling it out of my office and into hers. My desk supplies and a banner from my wall were stacked on its seat. I told her that it was my personal chair. Not the district's. She said okay. The very next morning, I found it missing. She had moved it into her office after I left for the day. Third, I was given a list of tasks to complete by Friday by the TOA, who is in no way, shape, or form my boss. These were not my job to do and are in fact the incoming admin's duty to complete. Stuff the new admin is supposed to do. Things like, putting together a new staff packet, scheduling next year's PDs, filling out and submitting request forms, etc. Finally, I was talked down to every single day by the new admin team. I was spoken to as though I were the hired help and they were the royal bitches. Seriously, I speak to a waitress that messes up my order with 20x the amount of respect that they showed me. They actually tried to get my attention by snapping their fingers at me. Like that would work. Note, the new principal also has made some pretty anti-LGTBQ plus comments. I don't like narrow-minded people. So, I decided to do as I was told. I was a soldier, so I know how to follow orders. I removed everything that was my personal property. That included my chairs, decorations, the stress relievers, punching bag, etc., the fridge from the office, and the file cabinets in my office. Yes, I bought government surplus cabinets because I didn't have any. All my files and all of my former principal's files were in there. I had even bought the manila folder I used in it. So, I took every piece of paper out of my cabinets, removed them from my labeled folders, and stacked them on the floor in one large pile. There is no order to how they are stacked. I took my chair from the principal's office while she was in a meeting with her parents. I just walked in and rolled it out. She stopped talking to the parents to ask what I was doing and I responded that I was taking my personal property out ASAP as I was ordered to do. I had an old medium-sized fridge I had placed in the office workroom for office staff to store their food in. But it is mine, so I took the fridge. I brought it right out the front door and loaded it into my truck. I even took the new admin's food out of it and left them on the table. It's my fridge. I warned the rest of the office staff I was taking it but forgot to tell the admin. Darn. I copied all my digital files over to a flash drive and then deleted everything off my work Google Drive. Anything I personally created or designed. Copied all my emails too. I informed the staff that if they need time off next year and need it approved, to submit the forms to me this week. I got several and they are all now approved. I got this idea from someone who messaged me here on Reddit and suggested I do this. Thanks for the advice. I approved every supply list item the staff submitted and even drove to the district warehouse to pick up some items personally. I even approved funds for a second-hand kiln for the art teacher. She found a good one on Craigslist. I had repaired my desk with bolts and tools from home. I took the bolts back. The desk is now lopsided again. The closet door was broken when I got there. So I repaired it. I have now put it back as it was when I was hired. The two-way mirror to the detention room was mine. I had gotten it from a friend at another school, a different district. It allowed me to watch ISS and detention students from my office without them seeing me. It popped that right out and took it home. Now the TOA has a hole in the wall the detention kids can look through. 
I had put together all the lockdown buckets and fire drill bags myself with my own money. I took all of them back. This I felt bad about, but I will give them out to the staff at my new school. I put a rush order on all classroom and building repairs and have an approved order to have every classroom repainted. I assembled new staff packets and the new school year binders. Besides the basics of what is required, I have included throughout the binders in random places. Dilbert Cartoons Famous Harry Potter Quotes The lyrics to Nickelback's How You Remind Me, I Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry, All Star by Smash Mouth, and We Built This City by Starship. A map of the area where I marked all the good places to eat lunch off campus. Funny Far Side Teacher Comics Cheesy Teacher Jokes The Union Contact Info Crosswords, Sudoku, and Word Searches A List of Educational Lawyers Just In Case I also included in the binder the admin Wi-Fi password for them since that signal is stronger for some reason. I went ahead and wrote out the PD schedule for next year. Oddly, every Wednesday is listed as free time or work in your classroom. I'm sure they will change it, but I don't know when they will find out what it says. I had a master list of donators and partners in the community. It was posted on a whiteboard in my office. I got over four dozen businesses and people in the community to help with various things or donate over the years. I spent a lot of my time building relationships with them and making deals. I took a photo of it and then I erased the list. And took the whiteboard since it was mine. Friday, I flew the LGBTQ plus flag instead of the state flag. I also placed LGBTQ plus flags in each classroom in case the staff want to display them. Then I got yelled at. Three times. The first time was when I took back my chair. I was told it was unprofessional to just take it without asking especially with guests present. I responded with yes, it was unprofessional to take my chair without asking. The second time was when the Toa found the refrigerator gone. She said that it was community property. I told her no, it's my property and I was told to take all my property from the campus. The third time was when I was in the parking lot leaving and they found the piles of papers. The principal flagged me down and told me to clean it up. I told her I was off the clock and that the district never reimbursed me for the cabinets so I had to take them with me. I am expecting a call from HR today asking for my assistance setting everything back up since with all my stuff removed and erased, the admin team has to actually put in some hard work. I'd come in. For my consultant rate. $75 an hour with a minimum contract of 12 hours. Part 4. So, as some of you know, I left the world of being an administrator a few weeks ago. I tried to leave behind some nice, gifts when I left. I wasn't looking to cause problems my last few weeks, but the new admin team treated me in a way that was unacceptable. So I decided that Malcolm Reynolds had it right when he said I aimed to misbehave. Well, the Tuesday after I left, I received a call from HR. I ignored it. I then left for a road trip with my daughter where we went to San Francisco for a few days and went to two Giants games. Unfortunately, they lost both games. While we were on our trip, they called and emailed me at my personal email account, my work one was deleted by them. I ignored the calls and never opened the emails. My daughter and I then went to Disneyland for a few days of fun and then returned this past Friday. I then checked the voicemails and emails. I was asked, begged, and then ordered to come to HR for important meetings. It is very important that we speak to you as soon as possible. Is what they said repeatedly. So yesterday I went into the district office wearing cargo shorts, a shirt I got at Disneyland, and flip-flops. I don't work there so I don't need to dress up. When I arrived, I was originally treated like a visiting VIP. The HR manager and her assistant tried to butter me up like a Pillsbury biscuit. 
After a few minutes of them trying to make small talk and me then letting them know I had plans to go to lunch in 30 minutes, they got to the point. They wanted me to turn over a few things taken with me that, though they belonged to me, they said were sorely needed at the school. They gave me a list from the new principal which included, but was limited to. My chair, seriously. My refrigerator and appliances. My community contacts board, people slash businesses whom I build relationships and partnerships with. My personally designed forms and worksheets. Two-way mirror. My lockdown buckets and fire drill bags. They also wanted copies of every record I kept and notes I took on the staff and students. The notes I took on the staff were so I could personalize gifts for them and have conversations with them about their interests. I said no to all those requests. I told the ladies that the furniture and appliances were mines that I brought in. I stated that the chair was a gift to me from a friend and that the new principal can afford to buy her own chair. I also stated that I left any official school-slash-district documents there and any I took with me and or deleted were of my own making and my intellectual property. I also stated that my contacts were developed over the years on my personal time and at personal cost to me. I also stated that everything I took, that I had submitted reimbursement, was never reimbursed. I kept my records and pay stubs. I never saw a red cent from those submissions. They offered to pay me for some of the items and gave me a rough figure of what the district would pay me to return the fridge, the forms, buckets, bags, mirror, and contact board. I told them that I did not want to hand them over to the new admin team since they had treated me so poorly. They asked me again and tried to reason that some of those things could be interpreted as school property. I told them that they were welcome to try and force me to return anything that was legally mine to them, but I would be willing to fight it in court. I also told them that those two new administrators made me uncomfortable and that their treatment of me could be considered making a hostile work environment. Especially when they tried to make me do their jobs for them. I then gave the HR team my lawyer's info. Note, I dated a lawyer after my divorce for a few years and we are still good friends, she has offered herself as my forever retained lawyer so that I can use her name and she'd help me if she could. I rarely use her name, but when I have needed her legal advice, she always comes through. I also help her with physical chores when she or her family needs help. I then wish the lady a good school year and the term to come and left. I doubt I will ever hear from them again. Thank you for tuning in to listen to these stories, and I hope to see you on the next one. Till then, have an amazing day.